Father, thanks for another week having come and gone, and uh, we pray as, as this week starts today on the Lord's Day that you, you give us um, a day to come together and worship Christ as your people, to rest um, physically from our labors, to uh, remember um, the rest to which uh, physical rest points, um, uh, the rest that we have in, in Christ, that we no longer labor under the covenant of works, but we, we live uh, and rest in the covenant of grace. And so we pray that as we, as we meet this morning to uh, discuss further uh, our our bodies and the need that we have to care for them, to um, to prioritize um, uh, health and to think well about uh, work and play and um, and exercise and these types of things. Uh, we pray that it would be useful for us. We pray for those who are across the way teaching uh, the children. For we ask for a blessing for them. Uh, that that the children would know how much they are loved, that they would hear once again the gospel of God this morning, uh, both in Sunday school and in worship when we gather, that they would be um, constrained by your mercy to put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, um, and we pray that all that is said and done here this morning would glorify you and would be and encouragement to the saints. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, Hebrews 12 reminds us that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, those who have gone on before us. Um, and therefore, we are to lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and we should then run with endurance. The race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame, and is seated now at the right hand of the throne of God. And then Paul, of course, tells us this that he, he does not, he says, I do not account my life of any value, nor is precious to myself. If only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And so once again, we are considering the practical ways in which we can uh, set ourselves up for success as defined by two passages like this. In some ways, right, success is simply a faithfulness to finish the race and the course that God has set for us. And so we are um, seeking to, to, to beat burnout. And last week, uh, we, we could summarize all that we said from last week in this manner. We, basically, God created us, body and soul, and so we are to serve Him, body and soul. So how do we, how do we glorify God, right? That was the end. We looked at 1 Corinthians 6. Uh, 12 through 
20, and in the end he says, right, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body. So how do we glorify God with our bodies? So uh, a few things that, that I want to offer to you today um, for consideration. The first thing is we can uh, stand up. And you don't have to stand up now. You can keep sitting. But if you want to stand up, you can. Uh, one sports medicine author writes that men who spend more than 23 hours per week sitting have a 64% greater chance of dying from heart disease than those who sit for 11 hours a week or less. So if you sit for six to eight hours a day, which might be a conservative estimate, that's a lot more than 23 hours a week. And so uh, we're averaging apparently about 9.3 hours a day uh, as, as Americans, and so that's uh, quite concerning. Also, apparently sitting six hours or more a day makes us up to 40% more likely to die within 15 years of, I guess, any particular moment that we're considering. Um, more likely to die within 15 years than someone who sits less than three. So I don't really know how these things come up, these statistics and these numbers of whether you, you know, is it more than six or less than three, why not four? I'm not really sure. Um, but these are the things you read and strike fear in your heart, I guess, as, as a very sedentary, uh, you know, culturally um, conditioned person. Because at the end of the day, right, we realize that there is, there seems to be a lot of truthfulness to at least the, the gist or the, the spirit of what these statistics tell us. And so whatever you make of them, right, I don't, I don't imagine I have to convince anyone in here um, that long periods of prolonged sitting day after day is not really good for us. That's not how we were, how we're designed to, to live. And so if... If sitting is something that you want to try to overcome, what do you think? What are some ways that, that we can sit less? You can sleep more? Amen. Jesse's like, woo! Why be half horizontal when you can be full horizontal? <laughs> Stand-up desk would be, for, would be one, um, which I... I I love the idea. I think uh, I've tried it in a couple different ways, and it's, it's, it's not always felt very successful to me. One of the problems I have now is when I drop Silas off at school in, in uh, Savannah, and then I go to a coffee shop, I'm like, do I, do I just stand here? And then, and then if I am, the tables are so low, you're, you know, you're looking down this way, and it's tough. But yeah, you, could, you have a stand-up desk. If you don't have a stand-up desk, you can't do it, you could take a walking break, right? There's a, to return to the office again, we haven't mentioned that in a while, there's a joke in there where they, they're having a, like a, um, what, what is it, Just It's like a, they're training, where Toby's doing this presentation for the dangers of, you know, because they're doing the, the thing in the, in the um, this illustration's falling apart, hang on. Some of you know what I'm talking about. The point is that at one point, the HR guy upstairs, is, he's telling them, like, hey, you know, we recommend taking, you know, uh, like, stand up, you know, take a break for 10 minutes and go get a drink, uh, you know, 10 minutes every hour. And then it's do something else for 10 minutes every hour, do something else for 10 minutes an hour. And then Michael's like, 
man, that's like half, that's like half the hour is gone, right? Like that's, you know, 30 minutes every hour. Like how many? And he goes, we'll just do them all at the same time. And so take your walking break, um, stand up at your desk. Um, these, are, these are fairly easy, easy solutions. Um, even, uh, you know, there's recommendations I've seen where even if it, you're not working but you're at home, rather than sitting on the couch, you know, sitting on the floor requires a different kind of level of intentionality with your body and all that, and so it's not nearly as comfortable, but you don't just kind of sink into the, you know, the lazy boy or whatever, and, you know, the chair does all the work for you. So those are some thoughts there, but do with it what you will. More than that, right, there's, there's actual exercise, the, the dreaded word of the day, but exercise at some level is genuinely vital to our health. Um, think about this, right? You know, we've made some jokes lately about how sick we've all been the last month or two. How did that sickness affect you emotionally, mentally? It was not great, right? Like, there's probably, like, did you find yourself a little bit more argumentative with your children or your spouse? Um, a little bit more uh, just de- depressed, perhaps, right? Um, but you, it was just a physical illness, right? But it, again, we're reminded of this interplay between the, the, the physical and the spiritual, the physical and the emotional, the mental. Um, and so, uh, how about this? I, I think we're all suffering, right? Um, and I don't mean every single person in this room. I just mean collectively, generally, as um, people in uh, 21st century America uh, we're suffering from low-grade dis-ease, right, disease and bad health due in large part to a lack of, of exercise, among other things. And I think it's, it's just wearing us out. I mean, how many of us have regular and make regular consistent checks on, on our, our health? We just kind of go along until something hurts, right, until something breaks, and they're like, oh, okay, now I need to take care of that, I guess. Um, again, right, if you have health problems, um, then you may be thinking about your health a lot. But if you generally, you know, can get up and do your job and go to bed and, you know, things only hurt, you know, to a point, then maybe we leave it alone. Um, there's, a, there's a Spurgeon quote where he basically says, he says, uh, he's talking about pastors, but he, you know, he says that at sometimes what you just, all you need, you just... He says, get out into the, into the woods. Go take a walk in the woods. Go walk by the sea, you know, and, and just the, 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 the spray of the sea in your face. He says, it's not the Holy Spirit, but it's the next best thing. And, uh, and I think it's a, it's a helpful, helpful thing to realize that um, God cares about our bodies and, and our health. Um, let's see. I guess my, so my, my understanding is that people, you know, whoever they are, they recommend, you know, 30 to 40 minutes of some type of, you know, rigorous exercise for, I don't know, three to five days a week, something like that. Many of us might hear that and say, well, that's, that's impossible. There's no way that I could, that I could do that. Um, well, what is possible? Right? What's possible? Is, is a daily walk out in nature possible? 
right? We're not talking about gym memberships here, um, but just finding a way to, to get moving, to be moving in a focused and purposeful way. Um, you know, for uh, a year and a half, Derek and I have been trying to get out onto the, the Frisbee golf course, and so uh, I get that it's, uh, and we finally did, uh, did yesterday, um, and I get that it's, it's not easy to, to do these things, but, um, uh, and you know, it's, it is possible, but it, it takes a lot of work. So what are some things that we can do? Well, one, we can get advice, right? You can look at someone else in your life that you've seen make progress with, with his or her health, um, and, you know, or multiple people, and just ask, like, hey, like, what are some principles that, that you have employed for, um, for growing in your strength and stamina and overall health? You can also have a clear aim, right? Um, if you ever, if you talk to Josh Austin for two minutes or, or more, you're going to hear him probably say something like, what's your why? Right? What is, why do you get out of bed in the morning? Why do you do what you do? And so having a clear aim um, in terms of our health, right, is if, you're, if our aim is primarily to do something like lose weight, I mean, that's, that can be good, that can be helpful, but losing weight isn't always good, and it on its own is usually not going to be enough of a motivating factor to, to move us into health. But what if your goal is something like to build strength, to build stamina, is it to just look better? Is it to just feel better? Uh, if you're a parent with young kids or a grandparent with young kids, is it so that you can be a little bit more mobile with them as they run around and you're not just like, oh, you go on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay behind. Um, so good measurable goals are, are important. Another principle is, you know, health is built slowly, Right? This, uh, you know, uh, un, a lack of health in a lot of ways is also built slowly, but we don't, we don't often realize that. You know, oftentimes we realize, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sick or whatever, I'm, I'm not in good shape, and so I need to, I need to make some changes. Um, and then two weeks later, not much seems that different, and so we're like, well, obviously that doesn't work. So next, moving on, giving up. Uh, but slow and steady wins the race, and so we want to commit to the long haul. Um, having a weekly routine, right, a fixed, uh, oh, yeah, Trisha, yeah, absolutely, um, and, and so just, just realizing that, um, like, like much of anything, we're, um, you know, we're on, uh, you know, a journey, um, want to have a, a, a weekly routine, um, a fixed time, right, so if the best, the better you, you know, the more you can have the same, roughly the same time of, of day, the same days of the week, uh, those types of things that you work out so it becomes a habit, becomes a pattern in your life, I think is generally going to make it easier. Now, for um, someone like in, in my case who has a very kind of flexible schedule that, you know, I just I kind of make it what I need to any given week, um, it can be a little easier. I can work out in the middle of the day if I have to, but, you know, for some who are in an office or in, you have to be at your place of work from eight to four, nine to five or whatever, it's, that's a little, that's a little tougher. Um, but, um, there are ways to, to do it. And sometimes we, 
we have to make sacrifices. But um, want to have a, a routine, but we don't want to get kind of in a rut, right? So mix it up, do different exercises, do different things. Find ways, if you can, to turn play into exercise, right? Um, where it isn't just, you know, and that's one of the things about the gym is that it's not always that functional. You're just going around just throwing rates, weights around the place. You're on a treadmill just sort of running. Um, but if you can get outside in exercise, soak up some sun, um, feel, the, feel the breeze, the occasional breeze that we get here, um, and, uh, and that'll help. And then lastly, in terms of, you know, some principles here, be accountable, right? Don't do it alone. Um, find, find a way to partner up with somebody or a group of people, um, a, a spouse or, you know, a child if they're old enough or a, a friend or whatever. And so we want to just put some of these things into practice so that we are aiding ourselves as best we can for, uh, for holy living. Um, another thing that Murray talks about is, is the importance of, of manual work. And now, this is probably the part where I feel most uncomfortable. Um, you know, but it is especially important for, for desk jockeys, right? Find a, at least find a hobby or a pastime that produces something physical, he says. Something visible at the end, right? If, if you spend most of your time you know, crunching numbers on our computer or even writing words. I mean, so like I, like I write words. I have a, you know, all these words for a Sunday school class or words for a sermon, but sort of at the end of it, there's nothing, there's nothing visibly produced, right? I mean, technically, the fruit in our lives would be what we might say is visibly produced there, but it's not the same thing as like building a table by hand or whatever. Um, don't get it. I'm not going to be trying to build a table by hand. Uh, but maybe maybe someone here could or should, and so he he offers Murray offers suggestions. You know, mow a lawn, paint a room, catch a fish, you know, or or do some type of you know, or shoot a deer. Um, I'm just I'm trying to whatever I can get Tris in the back. Like yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, clean. Uh, you know, maybe clean a gun or something like that, and. Um, you know, or, or, or a piece of woodwork, a vegetable garden, a, uh, a, um, you know, a lower, a lower golf score, or let's be honest, a frisbee golf score. Yeah, that's a great idea, right? So park, you know, don't, don't, hurt, don't hunt for the spot right up by the door, you know, park, park in the back, um, you know, if you can manage it and walk up or, you know, you could park, you know, if you're like, I could never do that, then just park up front and the next time just park a little further back and the next time a little further back and, you know, you build up a stamina, get in the store and walk around. And one of the things that as you were saying that, that struck me was, again, kind of coming back to this, the, the endless, like, pursuit of, like, not us pursuing time, but time pursuing us, right? Because I think, like, for me, like, my main objection of why I don't do something like that already is probably, like, well, when I'm going to the store, like, I need to get to the store, I need to get myself, I need to get back in the car, I need to get home so I can get on to the next thing. Right, it's that I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to walk all the way up, you know, from there and then walk all the way around the shore. But, like, what's the what's the point of having time to get onto the next thing if everything I do, I get onto? I just I feel awful and terrible while I'm doing it because I've never prior I've never slowed down enough to prioritize my my health. Um, Murray also recommends a, like a yearly physical project of some kind. His example is building a patio. Which, again, I'm reading these things like. Okay, well, that'll help my wife, I guess, but 
What am I supposed to do? Um, it's, it, you know, it's an, it's an insane idea for some of us, but others it's the, you know, but the principle overall is, is good. You know, we live in a physical world, and I think it's good and right that we leave a mark on it. And hopefully the idea, not a negative one where we've destroyed a bunch of stuff, but a, a positive one where we've, we've actually created things. Um, as we think about work, I won't belabor the point because I think Russ did a, a good job last week in a sermon from Matthew 25 highlighting many of the salient points about work that could be said here. But uh, So if, if you didn't hear Russ's sermon from last week, if you weren't here, go back and listen to it. But in short, right, we've been, getting, we've been given gifts, abilities, resources, and opportunities from the Lord that we don't need to squander. We want to remember that we carry those obligations with us into the physical world. And yet, sort of leaving work behind for a minute, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. The constant quest for more ever threatens to take up um, every residential square inch in our hearts. And so Murray, he, he shifts uh, in, to talk about the, the inner orchestra um, and the need that we all have to turn down the volume dial and enjoy internal peace and calm. And so here is probably in this, in this section where we think about the body, the, the, the part where the, the physical and the spiritual like seem they overlap the most obviously right because we need rest for the body and for the the mind and so again just borrowing from her I want to offer you some speed bumps that you can put into your life that will help you slow down and enjoy some peace and quiet the first thing which we won't again we won't belabor this point because we spend an entire month on it is we can we can get off our, our phones. Um, James Short uh, shares research that on average everyday Americans consume 15.5 hours of traditional and digital media. This is every day. Um, and so some things that we can do to bring a better balance into our lives as it concerns our phones. So we've kind of thought about the sort of the problem with them here are just a few things. Um, we can mute our, uh, our phones and our computer notifications. Um, at least, perhaps you could do that for specific hours of the day. Um, you could limit the number of times you check email or text or phone calls or social media during the day. You could, you know, you could check email once a day or twice a day or something like that. You could, um, you know, four or five times a day you could look at some of these things. And other than that, not worry too much about it. Um, one, uh, one thing he suggests is to put your phone in a sort of inconvenient place when you get home so that it makes it a little harder to get, to get back to um, rather than just keeping it right in your pocket or, or setting it right wherever you're most likely to go. Um, you could charge your phone in the kitchen overnight or somewhere other than, than your bedroom. Now, that might mean you have to buy uh, something to serve as an alarm clock if your phone is your current alarm clock. Um, you could fast from social media um, for, you know, uh, make do it at certain times of day or certain time, certain days of the week, certain weeks or months of the year or whatever. Um, yeah, you could avoid emails and social media on vacations or Sundays would be one way you could do that. Um, kind of a question here, a rhetorical one, but like 
how often do you find your, do we find ourselves do you find yourselves checking your phone? I know one of the things I think I've shared this that really almost forced me to 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 get off of my phone to at least some degree was I found myself several years ago every time I would get into my car I would I would go through I would check my email I would check Facebook I would see what texts I had and then I would drive to wherever I was going. And before I got out of my car, I would do the same thing. I would say, oh, what happened in the 20 minutes from my house to the church or, you know, the 30 minutes from my house to Savannah or whatever. And, I, and it just at some day I realized, like, this seems like way too much. Because um, then if I'd, then I'd get out of the car, I'd walk to my office, I'd sit down in the chair, and what am I doing? I'm checking those things all over again. And so this man of 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I've checked three different times, and you know, ask me how many in the, of those times did, was there something, tr- a true emergency that had come up that I absolutely needed to check, maybe even once in all that. Um, and so, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to our phones, what would it take for us to try to slice out um, 30 minutes or an hour or two hours or whatever you can manage of, of silence every day? So that's one thing. Um, we also sort of talked about this. He, uh, we can breathe, right? We've talked about how bad we are at, at breathing. Um, that book I mentioned before by James Nestor, um, he goes a bit too far uh, in, in some of the practices that he recommends. It's a bit what you probably call syncretistic, where he, you know, he's sort of borrowing from very different uh, worldviews than our own to kind of offer some of these things. But um, the book itself, especially as he explores his own journey and breathing and the dangers of being so bad at it, uh, it's a, it, it is fascinating. Um, it, you know, in Scripture, there is an indissoluble link between breath and spirit, and breath and the spirit. Um, so there is something um, significant about our breathing and how it aids or hinders our, our health, right? We're we're so stressed out all the time as people just moving from one task to the next. Um, we've talked about how we, we often, um, what do they call it, email apnea, where, we, where we're writing and checking emails, but we forget to breathe while we're doing it. Um, we apparently, you know, we, we breathe in and out of our, our mouths, which is bad. It's not how we're, not exactly how it's designed to work, and that kind of destroys the tissue in the back of your throat and mouth, and it's not helpful for you. Um, we have tense and terrible posture, and so uh, Murray and I, he recommends, and I do too, that we, we work on better breathing and, and better posture without straying into, you know, some of the, the weirder territories of, uh, like, you know, Hinduism and all that stuff. Yeah, Jess? Yeah, for sure, and so uh, I got one more, one more uh, recommendation for you, but before I say that, I just you know, as we're going through all this, one, one thing that I, I you know, sort of a uh, kind of springboarding off of what Trish just said, like, what I, don't, what I don't want to happen for us through this class is to kind of go through the class and say, yeah, I, that, was, that was cool, that was helpful, like I was, you know, it was a good reminders about things, but then we do nothing, right? And so kind of the challenge that I want to set before all of us is to think, what's just one thing, right? I, we're not talking about Everything just about our lives have to change as a result of one, you know, uh, Sunday school class. But what's one thing that you can take 
from this class, and I don't mean like this morning necessarily, but just this class of overall, get to the end of December, that's say either now or in January, and I don't mean like as a New Year's resolution sort of thing, but just something that you can take, if you make New Year's resolutions, and I guess you could, you could pair them up, but what's something you could take from this class, just one thing to say, I'm going to make some changes. If it's sleeping more, then that's, that could be, I mean, I already know what Justin's going to be, but, um, but that's good. What's that? Oh, yeah, I don't want to be made fun of. I'm not making, I'm rejoicing in, in, your, in your napping. I was, I was rebuked by the word. You know, God gives his beloved sleep, and who am I to try to take that away? So what's one thing, right? So think about that. Talk about it. Let's, let's, let's share together what's one change that we want to make in our lives. But here's, here's one of the, all these things that we've talked about. One thing. And it might not even be a physical thing, right? Because we, we do have a... There, there, we are talking about the soul in a couple of weeks coming up, and so... You might say, hey, I, things, I feel like physically things are going all right, but here's a spiritual con- component that I need to change. Or maybe you pick one of each. But anyway, let me, let me close with this. A few, th- few thoughts on reading. Um, if God sees, if he saw fit to reveal himself savingly through the written word, then God must prioritize the written word pretty highly. Now, I'm not saying that you should read every free moment of every day. Uh, I certainly don't read every free moment of every day. Sometimes I wish I did, but I don't. Um, But perhaps you could make it a habit to spend some more time reading each day than you do now. Is it 10 minutes more? Is it 15 minutes more? Right? If you read 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there... Uh, Piper has this whole thing about, I forget what it is, about how many books you could read in a year if you read for an hour a day. And he says, if you read 15 minutes in the morning and then, you know, 15 minutes, you know, on your lunch break and then 15 minutes before dinner and 15 minutes after dinner, you've read for an hour. And, you know, the average reader could read whatever it is, you know, 250,000 books in a year. (laughs) Just kidding. It's not that many. Um, It's like 12 or something like that. Um, a book a month, you know, and so you, and now most of us might say, yeah, there's no way I can carve out an entire hour a day, but what about 30 minutes, 15 minutes before, 15 minutes after, 20 minutes before you go to bed, right? Like just 20 minutes a day might, um, you know, you might find it helps you to cover uh, quite a bit more ground than you think. Um, and so um, those, those are some some daily speed bumps. What about quarterly or, or weekly or quarterly or yearly speed bumps, right? Um, and this kind of gets back to the point Jesse was making. Uh, I think probably the most crucial thing that we can do, if, if, if someone was listening to all of this, this whole entire class, and say, yeah, I, my, I don't live my life in any way, shape, or form in accordance with the things you're talking about, probably the place to start would be like in terms of avoiding burnout, would be to cherish the gift of the weekly Sabbath, to cherish the gift of the Lord's Day. Um, I know many of us have increasingly found over the years the gift um, that this gift that keeps on giving, the benefit of prioritizing worship and rest on the Lord's Day. Um, And so if you're holding out or if you know someone that's holding out and you talk to them about this, 
um, let's, let's be encouraged to take the plunge. Um, we'll be amazed how much good is done to our bodies and our souls, um, even with a still miserably chaotic week, if we carve out one day for the Lord, for His people, for rest, um, just to power things down for, um, for a day, to spend time with, with the Lord and, and His people. Um, Beyond that, um, whatever you can do to schedule some some time away from responsibilities, perhaps every every three months or so. I, this summer, I was required to take a three day uh, prayer retreat. Um, required sounds like a you know the wrong word to use there, but it was it was it was way too hot. I I had to do it over the summer. It was in June, and and it was that part was miserable the whole time. Um, but other than that, it was a very enjoyable getaway. Now, not everyone can do that, maybe ever, or certainly not something that we could do four times a year, every year, just get away and pray and read Scripture. Um, but can you do that for some time? Can you do it for a day at a time? Can you do it for uh, an extended afternoon a couple times a year, right? Even if you never leave town. Um, now, many of us have families, and so maybe we go with our families, but if we go, we leave our phones and our computers behind, or at least put them in a box and don't have them with us most of the time. We, you know, bring a book, bring a Bible, some type of musical instrument if you can play it, and then obviously that's a, some version of that. Quarterly is good. Vacations, right? Not Working vacations aren't really vacations, so... Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna work while you're in vacation, take a week off. That's not really resting. But all of it, really, we have to remember what the season of life that we're in, right? <clears throat> the point of this is, whatever this is, however helpful it seems to you, don't stress about it. Do what you're able. Start somewhere, and um, and I believe that we'll see. Uh, you know, the difference between what you can do, what you can't do, what the difference between what you can't do and what you won't do, that's important. Um, and in the end, we trust the Lord and um, realize that where we are today isn't necessarily where we're going to be in a week or a month or a year. And so um, we're out of time, but any, is, is, there, is there a final thought or, or question there before I pray and we wrap up? No, Pastor, you said it all. Great. All right. Let me pray. Father, thanks for um, this day, and I pray that you would uh, help us to put these things into practice and to, um, to strive for, for holy lives uh, with you and before you and with and before your people and before the world. Would you be with us as we gather for worship um, that the name of Christ might be exalted among us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.